You don't know these guys, but I do. I know them well, too well. So well, in fact, that I must advise you. Do not take any advice from either of them. Seriously. Their comments that follow are just their own opinions and should not be relied on for anything. Not only should you not consider anything they say to constitute legal advice, I wouldn't believe much at all that they tell you. It's genetic and it goes back for generations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Motion Sickness, the show where we make sense out of the nonsense in law. My Let's name. say we attempt to make sense out of we the nonsense in law. Yeah. Is it a good attempt or a bad attempt? It depends on the show. I think this is going to be a good one. A good one? I, I, I think so. I, I think this one's right up your alley. Well, I'm Jeff Morris. I'm Brian Morris. We're here to Chapter 11 it up. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Everybody's heard of Chapter 11. Have they? It's everywhere. I've heard of it. Think of the kinds of businesses that have gone into Chapter 11 and non-businesses. You name it. We've had uh, <laughs> uh, dioceses of uh, churches. We've had uh, Kmart. We've had, uh, who else? General Motors. We've had huge companies, uh, grocery stores, airlines. They've all taken a dip in the Chapter 11 pool. I, I wish you could see how excited my dad is because this is... This is your thing. Well, I mean, this is where most of the fun comes up in, in these big cases. Different crazy things can happen. Well, right, but and, I mean, this uh, is kind of like... I mean, this is pretty much what you did, right? Yeah, I did a, did a lot of work in Chapter 11 <clears throat> cases over the years. Uh, some bigger than others, some, some huge. Uh, but they've got some interesting twists and turns in them that uh, I think, uh, I hope at least people in the audience will find uh, interesting. I know I do. Uh, so let me just give you a quick overview of what we're talking about, and then we'll get into a, a sort of a specific area that's been particularly uh, in the news recently. Chapter 11 is a chapter of the Bankruptcy Code that allows for the reorganization of businesses. Okay. Uh, you don't have to be a business to file, but it really doesn't make any sense because it's quite expensive to accomplish all this. So you've got a, a business that is uh, facing some financial troubles. Right. Or it may be an operational problem. Who knows what it is? But they've got some problems, and they're feeling the heat. And so they file a Chapter 11. What happens? Just like any other bankruptcy, there is an automatic stay of creditor actions to try to collect back from the debtor. So mm -hmm. they get this breathing period. that lets them sort of refocus on their, on their issues and not have to worry about paying current obligations. Importantly, the unmatured interest on unsecured loans also stops. So, uh, you, you know, these big businesses, they might have $600 million or $3 billion in, in uh, debt, unsecured debt through bonds, and those bonds may be, you know, at 5% or something. Interest stops running immediately. Hmm. Just, so think about it. If you've got... Uh, you know, a billion dollars in outstanding bond debt, and you've got a five or uh, a five percent uh, annual uh, interest payment you've got to make. What's five percent of a billion? Fifty million. It's a lot. Is it fifty million? Uh, yeah. Holy shit! No, it's more than that. It's it's five hundred million. Oh yeah, five hundred million because it's a billion. It's a billion. So ten percent is a hundred 
million. Uh, so they're paying. Million. They're, they're so paying. It's fifty million. No, you're it'd be correct. fifty million right. because right. five hundred million would be half a billion. That'd be a fifty percent interest. Right. Uh, There's five million. Five percent. No, it's fifty. Oh my God! Because it's a billion. It's a billion. Right. So anyway, because ten percent of a billion is a hundred million. Yes. Five percent is fifty million. But that's fifty million dollars. That's, that's hefty, not accruing anymore. That's a hefty bill to pay. They don't year. have to pay it. Yeah. Okay. They don't have to pay it if they file for Chapter Eleven because that unmatured interest is not going to be an allowable claim. Now, that obviously is a huge benefit. Sure. But you get other benefits as well. Um, ultimately, what you're looking at is the potential to create and present a plan of reorganization that your creditors then vote on mm-hmm. that has to deal with the claims against the company. And if it is accepted by the sufficient majorities of creditors, uh, then it can be confirmed by the bankruptcy court and the business then gets a discharge and goes on under the terms of the plan. So it might say we'll pay a 20 cents on a dollar over five years, or it might say about anything uh, for the general unsecured creditors. Other classes of creditors are going to have to be treated differently. We talked about secured creditors in the last episode. They have an interest in property, right? Remember those bundle of sticks? So you make a loan to somebody, the property, you're essentially giving part of your bundle of sticks over to the creditor to hold on to. Well, that's property under the Constitution. We can't take your property without due process and just compensation. Right. So we can't just take that and put it in the pot. We've got to recognize that value and pay that secured creditor that value. Otherwise, we're acting unconstitutionally. So bankruptcy allows you to maybe play around with the terms of that loan, but you still have to pay that value back. Some special kind of claims have a right to be paid in full. Uh, in interest, or importantly, administrative expense claims, claims that arise during the operation of the Chapter 11. So you're running a business... Um, you know, it could be uh, uh, General Motors, for example. They're still selling cars. They're doing other stuff. All of the expenses that are accruing in the course of that Chapter 11 are administrative expenses, and in the Chapter 11 plan, they would have to be paid in full. GM didn't work that way, but it actually uh, could have. GM worked where it was only in bankruptcy for a very short time. All of the assets were transfer to new GM, which was in large part owned by the federal government, and old GM stuck around to pay claims. So, so they're like the, the, the new Coke of manufacturing cars? Yeah, yeah. And the key is... They can never go back to classic GM, though? They don't want to, because classic GM owes too much money. So does that money ever get paid? Well, let's talk about that and that aspect of it, because I think this is where the interesting part of Chapter 11 can come in. In a simple case, you would have a whole bunch of claims against you that you know about. You owe $100 million to a bunch of people. Right. You would file your Chapter 11 and you would say, here's my plan, I'm going to pay those creditors in in part over time. And those creditors could vote, and if they liked it, they could vote in favor of it. It could be confirmed off the company goes into the future. But now that old, let's say you had a $1,000 claim against the company, but the plan said we're only going to pay you $0.25 cents on a dollar. When that Chapter 11 plan is confirmed and made effective, the debtor gets a discharge. The Chapter 11 
uh, company comes out on the other end and it only owes 25 cents instead of that dollar that it owed before. No matter how much money it makes in the future, it only owes the 25 cents. Okay? That's the discharge. Okay. And the idea is the company now is a more lean and efficient economic entity. It can go forward. We've saved the value of that company by permitting it to go through this process. And then on the other end, it's creating more jobs, it's paying new taxes, and it's doing all these wonderful economic things. The GM case presented an interesting problem. And you may recall that GM had a problem with their ignition switches. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The car would... <clears throat> What was it? The car would just turn off or something? The car, the ignition switch could turn off very easily. For example, if your knee happened to hit it. Yeah. Um, and then like the steering wheel would lock up and you couldn't control the vehicle. Couldn't control the vehicle. No airbags. Yeah. And so people went off roads into trees and were killed. Yeah. The problem was this. Those accidents happened after GM filed its bankruptcy petition, not before. At least... Most of them, if not all of them. So that if you were a person who was injured in that way, you didn't get notice of the GM bankruptcy, other than what you may have known about it uh, just from the news. But you didn't, you didn't get a notice from the bankruptcy court that said, hey, GM has filed a bankruptcy. If you think you have any claims against them, you better file it. Oh. Now the question becomes, how do we treat those people? The new GM, after literally a very, very short time, takes the company and goes with all its assets over down the road to be a happy new GM. The old company was funded with a bunch of stock and the new company had had, I don't know what the numbers were anymore, $100 million or something like that. $100 million doesn't go very far if you've got 40 people killed. Yeah, no. and, and hundreds of others injured and all kinds of potential uh, uh, non-personal uh, injury claims against you, that sort of thing. So, so the problem, of course, is you're driving around in your Chevy Cobalt and you're not thinking, gee whiz, in two years, this ignition switch is going to go off while I'm driving, I'm going to be killed. You don't say, I better file a claim against GM in case this happens. And even if you did, GM would have said, who the heck are you? Right. You got no claim, nothing happened to you. Yeah. So so what happens is we have to make a determination of is there a claim? And claim is a defined term, not surprising, the bankruptcy code, like everything, has a set of definitions. And a claim is a right to payment. Whether or not that's a contingent payment or a, a liquidated amount or an unliquidated amount, secured, unsecured, matured, unmatured, you name it. Uh, it's a very, very broad definition. But the bankruptcy code also says claims are only those things that existed as of the time of the commencement of the bankruptcy case. Because bankruptcy has this real sharp cutoff. But they can't sue new GM? Oh, because the cars were made by old, old GM. GM. And new GM says, well, I took this free and clear. Because what happened was old GM... Instead of going through a plan where creditors voted and so forth, they did what's called a 363 sale, free and clear of liens and claims. So what happens is you say, here's all of my assets, I'm selling them to somebody else, and those assets are going to be free and clear of claims and liens. If you did that outside of bankruptcy, it's very likely that people who had claims could follow those assets and go after them. 
Certainly, if you just bought the stock of GM and said, I'm the new owner of the stock, it would be the same company. Nothing would have changed. So sometimes people try to get around it by selling the assets only and not the company. But uh, in a, there's a concept called successor liability. And in many instances, in that sort of circumstance, the courts look at it and say, hey, I'm not an idiot. I know what you're trying to do. I'm not going to let you get away with that. But with bankruptcy, you have a different dynamic involved. You're trying to generate the highest value for those assets because you want to get the most money in to pay for the benefit of the creditors. Right. And you can get much more money for those same assets if you say they're free and clear of liens than if you and claims than if you say, well, there could be claims against them. Because now as the buyer, I'm going to say, whoa, I'm not going to pay as much because I don't know who's going to come after me later. Yeah. So the bankruptcy code specifically allows you to sell these things free and clear of lien. So it's not that like anyone owns the old GM. They just own the monetary the, assets. The assets of from old, old GM. Yes. And so importantly, GM is able to continue which, new. Yes. New GM, a new company. Like brand new. So like. Yeah. The totally plaque new on, corporation. The plaque on the door has to say founded 2016. Yeah, it was earlier than that. But well, yeah, we're 20, it whenever saying. it was. I think it was oh, when was it? Seven? Or was, was that, that long ago? Seemed, seems hard to believe. But it was Holy back oh, seven, oh, eight, oh, nine, somewhere in there. But, but the point of the matter is that the bankruptcy code has a very strong policy in favor of raising the, the value of the assets of the debtor sure. so that it can be used for the benefit of the creditors. The problem is these creditors were people who didn't know they were creditors. Yeah. So you're taking away from them the right to even pursue a claim. So maybe that's why I re remember this from the news, because this was the problem that they were having. They couldn't, they like literally just weren't allowed to sue GM. Correct. And they were like, well, what the hell? Right. Because there was no recall or anything like that. The recalls and, came later. After GM had known for years that this was a problem, right. they finally broke down and recalled this stuff. And they had initially, even even once they admitted they had a problem, they had they had categorized it as not a real serious, serious right. personal injury potential kind of problem, but a lesser one. And and the issue then became, wait a minute, how can you discharge my my claim? Because that's what bankruptcy does, you know. Claims are stuff that existed at the time you filed. What you discharge in the case is claims. So new stuff doesn't get discharged. Let me give you a simple, simple example. Johnny wants to file a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So he's driving down to the bankruptcy court with his file, and he's going to file it in the bankruptcy court. Bam! Gets in an auto accident. Well, somebody has a claim against Johnny for that accident. Johnny's got to list that person as a creditor. Then he files. The next thing that happens, though, is Johnny files his bankruptcy petition, he's driving home, wham, gets in another accident. That person does not have a claim in Johnny's bankruptcy. But the beauty of it is that second person, the, the claim that they do have against them is not going to be discharged in Johnny's bankruptcy because it came later. Right. So so claim and so, discharge, they, they, they so match each were, other up. why were people having problems suing new GM then? Well, for two reasons. One is, G New GM took its property free and clear of claims. Right. I get now that. the question now is, is did those GM... people have a claim? Well, but the question, you know, well, I, I think they do because they're. It's not like they they own a car made by GM. Why do they have a claim? 
Because their car killed them or seriously injured That's them. That's right. Their car was defective. Yeah. But their car was defective before GM filed. But they didn't... But not even... Oh, GM knew that it was defective. Well, that's, you know, part now, of my French. That's pretty fucked up. Well, it's, it's, there are some limits to what people can do. There are good faith obligations in the, in the bankruptcy law that arguably could prevent you from getting a, uh, a confirmed plan there. But separate from that, the question became, did those people have a claim? Because a lot of them said, I didn't have a claim until I went off the side of the road and crashed into the tree. Yeah. That's when I had a claim. But the definition of claim is very, very broad. Contingent, liquidated, unliquidated, matured, unmatured, all of those things. And the argument was, no, you got a claim because you got a defective car. Yeah. Now they said, okay, let's say I have a claim. Because if I do, you just sold all of those assets out from under me free and clear of liens and claims. But and the then car they respond. Is the asset. Well, no, the, the 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 claim is the right to be paid by GM for the injury you suffered due to their negligence, negligence. Okay. or strict liability and tort for a defective product. Sure. The problem then becomes, well, wait a minute. If you're telling me I had a claim because I had a defective car before there was a bankruptcy, you didn't give me any notice of this bankruptcy. I didn't know about it. Right. And I have a right, just we talked a little bit about secured claims having a Fifth Amendment right to due process and just compensation. Well, as a creditor, I've got constitutional due process rights. You have to give me effective notice and provide me an opportunity to be heard on these things. And that's pretty much where the courts have come down on this and said, hey, new GM, nice try. We're going to let these things flow through and come after you. Yeah. And this kind of thing can come up in a variety of contexts. I mean, Instead of it being GM, think of it as uh, uh, American Toaster Ovens, Inc. You know, they make toaster ovens. What do we know about toaster ovens? They, they yeah. burn oh, up houses. Yeah. You know, every year somebody's toaster oven burns that house. And Don't kills, stick a knife Kills in 11 it. people. It has a whole bunch of potential problems, even apart from idiots sticking knives in their toasters. Correct. They have other problems that, you know, there's no perfection in this stuff. So if one goes bad and I'm the homeowner whose house is burned down, I've lost my three kids well you know i may be ahead of the game because the kids are a liability instead of an asset but that's a separate issue the <laughs> the bigger problem is i've got a lost house and i've got this claim against the toaster company well now the toaster company they know what, what do toaster companies typically do when they operate a business uh, they get in Oh, yeah. They get insurance, product liability insurance. But if they didn't, now a house burns down, they get sued. Sure. Let me give you another example that's even more current. You may recall that, a, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, at the Ohio State Fair, there was a little twirly bird ride of some mm -hmm. kind. I forget what it was called. But it would throw people around back and forth and spin. And it went around and it spun. And a... a, a uh, uh, partially rusted piece flew off and one person was killed, six or eight other people seriously injured. A terrible, terrible accident. Good Lord. Those, those people obviously have a claim against that company, right? Right. Now that company, let's, I, it's, I don't know anything about the company. Let's assume it's fully insured and the insurance company pays and everything is, is, comes out as well as it could given the horrible tragedy that's involved. Sure. But if it didn't, 
That's the kind of claim against that company that Leica would send it into Chapter 11. Yeah. Now, it knows that it's got eight that, personal injury claims against it that are big, and right. those things will be handled through the bankruptcy. Uh, those claims will be allowed in whatever amount is appropriate, and, and they'll be paid according to the terms of the plan. That Something like that seems to me would be a lot more difficult to hide from the bankruptcy courts than what GM did because what GM did was, hey, we know there's an issue with the starters and the ignitions or whatever, but nothing's happened yet, so... I, I will grant that that's, I think, different. Although, suppose this other amusement ride company knew that there was rust and just said, eh, I think it's going to be okay a little longer. Yeah, but... They, they weren't filing Chapter 11 before they set up the state fair. No. GM was filing Chapter 11. But what's going to happen and they at are next year's state fair? Eight other people fly off the ride. Well, probably not it, now. Well, you never know. But here's the point. Um, let's just say it wasn't, a, um, it wasn't a maintenance problem, rust. It was, in fact, a defective design problem. Okay. And this company that manufactures these rides they've got rides all over the country mm. now what do we do you don't know if it's ever going to create the problem again and you want to take those assets and sell them to a third party to come in and take over you know american amusement rides inc right but what i'm saying is is that if they go to chapter 11 and they're saying we're going to get rid of these assets hopefully the creditors would say well these this ride injured eight people. It's already happened. It's already happened. Yep. So now, as a creditor, you don't have the the right to due diligence to say you need to inspect your other rides to tell me if they're going to kill someone. Those creditors are looking at what's going to get me the biggest return on my claim. Okay. Right. So, so even forgetting the notion of a, of a 363 sale, just a run-of-the-mill uh, vote by creditors in favor of a plan so that uh, American Amusement Rides, Inc. can go on its merry way. Discharging claims that people might have, all right, and even people who arguably didn't get hurt yet because it's still the same machine. Right. They go on their merry way. The existing creditors, they may not want to be too open about this because that's going to drive the value of those... Assets way down. They want so their we, money, too. So if, like, the family of the person that died or, or the people that get injured, they sue, and then the company goes to Chapter 11, those claims get discharged? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Did you ever see the, uh, what was that uh, John Grisham book and movie where uh, uh, Danny DeVito and, um, uh, who was the, not uh, Affleck, but the other guy, uh, who's the other? Who's Matt the, uh, Damon? Damon. Matt Damon plays a young lawyer. Um, God, what was he called? Anyway, he and he and uh, was it Danny DeVito? Yeah, a little short guy. Yeah. Okay. They're they're in there and they they end up suing this great benefits life insurance company and they get this hundred million dollar judgment because great benefits was preying on these poor people in Memphis and, right. and they end up having to pay because this kid died because they wouldn't pay for this what they asserted was experimental uh, the treatment uh, and they get a hundred million dollar judgment and then after all you know Matt Damon's famous as the young lawyer who won this case and the next day uh, 
John Voigt, I think, played the the bad guy lawyer. Oh, he's always the bad guy. Calls the next day and says, hey, sorry to tell you this, they just filed Chapter 11, so you'll never see your money. Yes, that is what happens. Now, they they say never see their money. You have a claim. It may be a $100 million claim against this company, but you're going to get whatever your pro rata share is, essentially, of the unencumbered assets. So they still get, like the families would still get something. Maybe. All those assets, however, may already be subject to liens in favor of the banks. Uh. In which case, they take their property back and there's nothing left. You just never know. It's going to vary from case to case. Uh, But again, you can see old GM, limited amount of money left. New GM, doing quite well these days. Right. Those creditors are trying like crazy to hop over that normal barrier of pursuing a claim when you've been sold free and clear out from underneath it. Um, so uh, it's an interesting... Oh, they want, to, they want to latch on to New GM. New GM. And New GM wants to say, look, we paid a lot of money for these assets because we were getting them free and clear. Hmm. You can't go back and undo that on us now. And um, there were uh, there was obviously lots of litigation about it. It's just fairly recently been resolved in favor of those uh, ignition uh, defective ignition switch uh, plaintiffs uh, but that's a that's a limited number. I mean, think about it. If you go back 25 years before that, the big cases were asbestos cases. And, right. Uh, uh, Johns Manville and other companies that filed Asarco and others, I think it was them. But uh, It just seems like there would be like a stipulation in, in the law that in terms... Like I get, you know, creditors having claims or whatever, but in the... In the case of personal, like serious personal injury or death, that those claims should not be able to be discharged. If that's the situation, then any company who faces that kind of liability would never be able to reorganize. Because no one would be willing to invest anything new into that business. Well, yeah, because they killed somebody. Well, but that might be a perfectly good business. They might have, I mean, GM makes a lot of different cars. They might have a line of cars that's bad. They might have a lot of other stuff that's perfectly good. Yeah. Okay? So so if you can't get rid of that liability, new investors won't come in. And what happens is that existing set of assets, the existing company, gets suddenly devalued tremendously because all the money is going to go to these pre-existing creditors. And why run a business for their benefit? And let me add one other thing. Suppose there's no bankruptcy. What is this company going to do? They'll just shut down. It's a corporation. There's no liability for individuals. It's a corporation. A corporation killed you. Go sue the corporation. Right. It's just a, an artificial entity. Well, they're people. No, they're not. I thought I thought corporations. A were corporation people. is a person, but not. It's not people. Uh. It's a person, and the lie. That's the whole point of a corporation. You are. If you want to invest and own a company, hundred percent owner. Well, you put in a million dollars, you'll never be liable for anything more than that. That money could be taken because the corporation might owe it. But there'd be no way to come after you for liabilities of that corporation, assuming you followed the proper forms and and maintained the appropriate records and so forth. It just cuts out. So if you have, and this happens all the time, this angers people no end, you do a deal with some company. Mm-hmm. And uh, you say, well, you sell them. You know, most of these sales, a lot of sales are, are on, on unsecured credit. So you sell them some goods for forty grand. 
Well, you know, you just th- you're waiting for your money in 30 days. 30 days comes, you don't get it. You call them up. Oh, yeah, it's coming. 60 days. Oh, hey, where's my... Whoa, whoa, it'll be there. It'll be there in two weeks. Or it'll be there Wednesday. Whatever they're telling you. Uh, that may or may not be true. But if you then sue them, you're suing a corporation. And if they don't have any assets, they just walk away. And that same guy who put a million dollars into Acme Inc., he goes next door and he opens up a business called Apex Inc., does the exact same thing, you can't touch them. Hmm. Uh, that's, in a sense, a corporate charter is a is a pre-bankruptcy discharge. You just don't know anything beyond the amount of the investment. So did GM not have, like, I mean, if a, if a toaster or something just is stationary and sits on your counter, if a toaster company has product liability insurance, you would think that GM would have product liability insurance. I mean, there's there's far more uh, deaths in automobiles every year than there are airplanes. There, True. It's, a, it's an inherently dangerous thing to drive. But it is also a company of incredible size. And in the theory, I think, was they could self-insure. You've heard of that concept. You just say, look, you know, we know that some of these toasters are going to go bad. We could pay, uh, we could get $100 million of insurance coverage, but it might cost us $1.5 million to get it, $2.5 million. We'd rather take that $2.5 million and put it in the bank and just keep running our business, making more money, and if we get hit with a claim, we'll pay it. We think we're going to be able to do that, and it's not going to cost us $2.5 million to get maybe nothing. Right. right? So, so that's a... That's a a risk that the business takes, knowing that, hey, if we can't pay them, the worst thing that can happen is we walk away. Now, I don't think people <laughs> go into it thinking that. That's not their their purpose. Well, when it is, they may be engaging in other kinds of things that rise to the level of fraud, and there may be personal obligations for that fraud. But that's different. It, it te- typically isn't fraud. And, and you know, take the example of, of lots of things. Pintos. Ford had Pintos. Yeah. They had people saying, you know, it's probably not a good idea to put that gas, gas tank, tank right, right in there. the back because yeah. it's going to blow up and kill people. And they go, well, but, you know, it saves 150 bucks a car. Somebody made a decision. Lots of things happen like that. And they're not saying, I think people are going to be killed and burned up and everything else. They're saying, you know, it's just 99 out of 100 times, it's not going to be an issue. It's not gonna. It's rarely gonna happen. If it happens, certainly we'll have to pay. We understand that obligation, but we don't think it's gonna happen. And they get rose-colored glasses, and they're blinded by them. Um, the the same sorts of things happen in construction projects. It was a very famous um, atrium being built inside a hotel in Kansas City many years ago, and they. Uh, the story that I've heard is they skimped. At almost each stage of the manufacturer, they would say, "Oh, you know, you need a, you know, an 11 uh, or a, you know, a, a 10 inch lag bolt in these, and they put in eight inch ones, and you need a this strength steel, and they, oh, we can do it. It's gonna be fine." Yeah. And at a at a New Year's Eve party with hundreds of people dancing on the on the uh, atrium in the atrium on one of these tiers, the whole thing came crashing down. A bunch of people killed. Yeah. No individual decision was, you know. M- mindfully made that I know I'm putting people at risk, but it was that accumulation of small things that led to a horrible, tragic conclusion. 
Same sort of thing here. I think. Well, but not, but still with GM, and not to yeah. rag on GM, but this is a uh, a, a starter or not starter. Uh, an ignition switch is a very simple electromechanical device in a vehicle. It's a one thing. And if there is a problem with that one thing, that causes multiple other problems. Correct. So they really only skimped or whatever on one thing, and they knew they did. Well, they knew that there were problems with it turning off. What they may not have known, there's some disparity in the in the evidence on this apparently, was that it would also disable the airbags. They thought that while you can, it'd be very difficult to steer. You might be able to steer a little bit. Yeah, because difficult you lose power to brake. Steering and then you lose the power wheel brakes, locks. power steering. Well, the wheel may not have locked if if the ignition was off, but not all the way disengaged. All of these were possibilities. They said, well, you know, people could still be able to probably stop the car, and there's airbags. And they didn't think, at least. The allegations are that that uh, from the GM side was they didn't really know that the the, the airbags would uh, disengage as well. Now there were also suggestions that they knew that those things get very murky. They're difficult to prove, and it it's over years. And I mean, you know, asbestos they knew for years, right? Yeah. Uh, tobacco they knew for years. All these kinds of things that are uh, potentially hazardous uh, circumstances. Uh, there are judgment calls that that get to be made, but. But it, it, it sort of demonstrates this constant sort of conflict, if you will, between giving bankruptcy Chapter 11 debtors a chance for a fresh start, which means letting them get free of the past uh, claims against them versus making sure that the creditors who hold those claims have a full opportunity to participate in the case and vote in the uh, process in considering the, uh, uh, the debtor's proposed plan of reorganization or even come in if the debtor's trying to do something called these 363 sales where they just sell their assets to somebody else free and clear, these creditors can come in at that point and say, wait a minute, judge, don't let them do this because they're telling you, well, you know, there's a few claims out there and, you know, there could be some very substantial ones and we're talking about people that aren't even being notified, they have a right to be told, that's going to really put a lot of pressure on a court not to allow that 363 sale free of claims and would protect those uh, potentially harmed uh, uh, claimants. Uh, so it's a, it's a balance. Yeah. Uh, and there's a really strong policy in the law in favor of getting a discharge so this otherwise viable ac- economic entity can get out there on the other side rehire workers and hire more workers, uh, make goods and services available to people, pay taxes, all those positive things. Uh, so it's not it's not as easy to, to decide as it might first appear um, in deciding how much protection we should give to those Chapter 11 debtors who come out on the other side. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, cause sure, I guess you make the argument that the person that died, they pay way less taxes than this company. Well, I wouldn't make that argument. That's you know, that's the old <laughs> argument of uh, you know, I did kill my parents, but uh, please have mercy on me because I'm an orphan. That's yeah. not a really easy argument to make. And yeah, it's no, it's the Menendez brothers. It's pretty strong, Manny, for yes. sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I get it. it. It 
I, I, you almost don't even want to call them necessary evil, right? Because no, it's, it's not even that. It's I got to tell you when the, there's when just they, things that rub you. I, it's just you ever know that a thing is probably the correct thing to do, but it still kind of just rubs you the wrong way. Happens all the time. I think that's life. how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. I think you should feel like that I way. get it. I understand, but I, I'm still like. Eh. An aroma, an aroma uh, hangs around a bit yeah. sometimes, and uh, uh, what you hope for is that when you have circumstances like that, you get as full and fair a disclosure and opportunity for the court to consider those issues before ruling in the matter. But but let me just tell you well, one of do those. they do they ever is there ever a bankruptcy ruling where they discharge some but not all claims? Uh, it occasionally happens. Okay, but but again. Those tend to be very discreet and known obligations. Right. Not these things that could sure. generate anything. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. just don't know. Right. And, and so and like true cases of fraud or malfeasance. Right. Those, those are I just of, said malfeasance. I haven't said that word in a conversation ever. I'm glad you finally got a chance. I'm so excited right now for some reason. But, but that notion of protecting <laughs> these debtors is as odious as it may seem to you at, in certain circumstances... One of the very first thing that Eastern European countries did when they broke free from the Soviet bloc sure. was enact bankruptcy laws. They came to the U.S. Uh, hmm. and and the American Bar Association in particular. They had a they had a special program where lawyers uh, volunteered time to read proposed Czechoslovakian and Serbian bankruptcy laws and so forth and comment and make suggestions because. A, a free market system has to have bankruptcy in it. Otherwise, entrepreneurs will not take risks. True. They, if they see that they'll never get rid of these obligations, then there's no point in pursuing it uh, because you're going to say, I can't afford to take that risk to lose all of my assets. And, and, and even if that happened, what is your incentive to work real hard in the future to make sure those old creditors get paid? Not real not, good. Yeah. You know, not real good. So so the idea of this fresh start was something that was uh, that is essential to a free market capitalist system. Uh, and that was recognized by the Eastern European countries immediately, one of the first things they did. So that gives you an idea of uh, while it can be uh, and look like it is unfairly uh, harming folks or, you know, sort of a, a second slap in the face uh, without it. Uh, you lose enormous value that can be used to pay some or all of those claims in the first place and retain the jobs of those other 800 people working at the plant. Right. Retain the, think about you know a, a big plant that, hire, that employs 1,000 people in some small town. What happens when that place closes? You, don't, you can't run the schools in that, in that city in that county. And so all of those things are benefits that are retained if you can have a successful reorganization and maintenance of that business. Yeah, and I mean, and like I said, it makes sense. It's just, you, you know, Some people get hurt. I, yeah, and I feel bad for them. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't help it. I can't help but feel bad that sometimes because of either the negligence or... Uh, recklessness, recklessness, even. or 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 even just plain old bad luck of someone that provides a good or service, someone becomes injured and then or, or or killed, and either the family or that person 
could possibly never be compensated for that because that company then has to file bankruptcy either related to that injury or unrelated and you know just having to do with something else entirely. Well, you know, you had, you had mentioned insurance a couple of times. When you're driving down the street yeah. and some idiot runs into you right. and injures you and totals your car and everything else, you're going to want to sue that person. Yeah. In fact, uh, a number of attorneys on TV will help you, sure. at least as far as I can tell from their ads. Uh, but guess what? That other person's a bum. They got nothing. Maybe they have insurance. And if they do, it's the minimum and you've got all of these losses. You're out of luck. It sucks. You can sue them, but they have no assets. And then they can file a bankruptcy and get rid of that debt. They probably wouldn't even bother well, if they have no just assets. Like, uh, 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 Megan, uh, my sister, your daughter, uh, she got hit by an uninsured driver, didn't she? In Baltimore? Yeah. And she didn't get anything out of it. No. Now, uh, your own insurance, uh, uh, you can certainly acquire uh, uninsured motorist coverage. Right. uh, And you pay a little extra for it, but then they cover you up to a certain amount based on their deductibles and so forth. So you buy insurance yourself for that. But again, that's only going to be to a certain level. And uh, above that loss, you might be out of luck. And it sort of doesn't have to be a big company. And, And you don't even have to have... Think about this. Suppose the GM problem was not their engineering uh, failure, but it was some airbags that they installed in their cars. Mm. But the airbags themselves are defective because they bought them from Takata. Right. Right? Now, if you are in a GM car and you're killed because the airbag was bad, are you going to sue GM? Well, yeah. Yeah. Is GM liable to you? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. GM is going to say to Takata, hey, come on in. You have to pay this. Right. Got to file a bankruptcy. GM still owes the money. Sure. So, you know, in that sense, they're not even really at fault in any way, shape, or form. But you bought the car from them, they owe you the money. So it isn't always the person that you have a claim against that's the bad guy. It may be some third party who you could theoretically go after, but they're gone in the wind. You know, it's like these people selling. uh, uh, what are those things, the eclipse glasses? They're saying there's a whole bunch of these fakes out there that will not protect your eyes from the sun. Yeah. Well, you know, they don't care. They make a, a lousy thing that causes blindness, and, you know, maybe it'll just be temporary. Who knows? But they don't even care because they'll just close up shop and move somewhere else, and you won't even be able to track them down. It's unbelievable. So some people will do nasty things. The law can't correct it all. True. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, it, I still have a bad taste in my mouth, but it, it was interesting nonetheless to sort of hear, I guess it's always interesting to hear the other perspective of things, you know, because a lot of times, especially in the case of GM, you know, you, you watch the news and they just get demonized, you know, saying, well, look, they're trying not to pay these things. Well, the thing is, is that they don't go into the fact that, well, the law protects them from stuff like this, and it's not... It's not a black and white thing, you know. Well, as our president said, the bankruptcy laws are there to be used. Oh, for God's sake! (laughs) And used and used and and used used, and used. um, That's true. Exploited, but when you when you engage in transactions, you engage in them in so-called in the shadow of the law. You are presumed to know what's out there and what the risks are, and so that's why 
the the bank makes a loan to you and and give and says we want a mortgage on the house because they're not trusting just your promise to repay them they're taking assets to recover their their uh, unpaid loan um, so you have different levels of protection available but even there the bank is subject to you filing a bankruptcy and then trying to reorganize in a way that pays them differently than perhaps uh, it might have initially been been uh, uh, anticipated although there are limits and protections for mortgage holders but but again that's a that's a risk that they take and they know they're taking at the time they make the loan yeah so well uh i think that's gonna about do us for today i'm uh, done that was a that stick was a, a fork in me yeah that was a good one uh i want to we both want to thank everyone for listening uh we definitely appreciate uh don't don't assume for me please oh my my dad doesn't care but no, i don't know no. No, I didn't. Say, I just said don't assume. I do appreciate. Oh, that. okay, all right. All I right. just wanted to get to say it myself for once. Oh, <laughs> I feel bad. I've been stealing that thunder from you. <laughs> we both appreciate very much uh, listening. Uh, please do like, share, subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you're listening to it, and uh, also uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. That uh, really, really helps bring visibility to the show and uh, helps grow the audience. And if you have any questions or ideas for other topics, feel free to contact us at motionsicknesstheshow at gmail.com. He did it well. Yeah. Wow. It's like I've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. And just remember, uh, you know, speaking of driving in Oregon, uh, just know that it is illegal when driving in Oregon on the highway to test your physical endurance. Is that a euphemism? I don't know. Are they <laughs> hanging their legs outside of the car know. door and trying to run next to it? The free spirits in Oregon, man. Kegels? I, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>